What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 78 of the Around the Crease podcast. This week, we have Luke Christiansen. He's the head coach at William Penn College in Iowa, and we're talking recruiting. We talk about how you get evaluated by college coaches. Does getting noticed differ for kids on the East Coast versus other areas of the country? And at what point should a player start trying to get in front of a college coach? We cover all this and more in this week's episode. So let's get started. All right, I'm here with uh, Luke Christiansen. He's the head coach of William Penn, uh, located in Iowa. Coach, uh, thank you for joining the podcast this week. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, well, you know, first, um, I know there's probably <laughs> uh, some people out there that may not be too familiar with your school because you guys are heading into uh, what your your first season uh, as a as a varsity, I guess varsity level program. I know that's high school terminology, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but why don't you kind of explain to people a little bit about about the program, uh, what level you guys are, and a little bit about the uh, the program itself. Yeah, so William Penn University is located in Oskaloosa, Iowa, which is about an hour southeast of Des Moines, and we are entering our first year of competition this year. We've signed 35 guys for our inaugural class. And we will be competing in the NAIA. The NAIA is a separate league, or is a completely separate league from NCAA. Mm -hmm. And um, usually kind of the best way to describe it, it's somewhat of a combination of NCAA Division II and Division III. The athletics, a little bit more like Division II, as far as the scholarshiping and some of the investment of the student-athletes. And then the academics, usually more and lot more aligned with D3 as far as smaller private schools. Right. Um, program itself, just very excited for the outlook of it, and um, really looking to just have a program that's competitive and able to compete within the conference right away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know we have uh, some questions because obviously mo- most people or a lot of people I always get asked the recruiting questions. I'm sure you do too. Um, but, you know, one thing I'm always curious about is starting a program. What is that process like like you know you're starting from nothing like how does that even begin yeah so it's you know the, it all begins with you know i think finding an ad that's on board with it um that was the biggest thing when i interviewed for it was seeing that the ad really truly was invested in lacrosse and invested in doing things the right way mm-hmm. um you know financially having the proper facilities having all of the uh, proper support structures in place And then from there, you know, once you're hired, it's all about vision. You know, it's about creating a vision for the program, effectively communicating that vision to your recruits, to your parents, uh, and then slowly turning that vision into a product. And kind of that's been the process for us over the last, you know, year and change now is going out from getting our very first commit uh, a little over a year ago now to getting our 35th, who you know, happened to be an all-conference transfer that we landed, you know, and that momentum was that was what we created over that year of just slowly turning that vision more and more into product, and that's still a process that we're in. Yeah. 
So what's that what's that sales pitch like whenever you guys don't really, you know, obviously, you know, programs like, you know, Princeton, Harvard, they got they got the history to to kind of to be a sales point, you know, to to point to be like, oh, you know, we have X, you know, championships and, you know, all that all that stuff that they get to to kind of pitch to potential recruits. Like what what's your guys or like how, when you're starting a program from scratch, like what what's the kind of um, the selling points that you guys are giving giving out? Yeah, so I think it's a lot of it's that kind of that old saying of show, not tell. So you got to show them, you know, the reasons why it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, our my quick elevator pitch is always, hey, it's you're going to have a top tier student athlete experience in an intimate academic environment. And then to back that up, you know, we show them the facilities, you know, our brand new indoor facility that's on par with a lot of Division One indoor facilities, our brand new stadium, our strength staff that has eight strength coaches, you know, you've pretty much have to go to a D1 lacrosse program to get something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then talking about our p- player development that we have in place. And then make, and then obviously the big thing is finding kids where they're going to fit in academically with us and they're going to thrive academically here so that it all kind of makes sense for them and um, it fits. And then obviously you look at the scholarship money and, and money is a huge part of it of making sure that it's a good financial option for that family. And then once you have all those things, piece together it makes for a, a good selling point yeah um do you, ever, do you ever get any kids whenever you're you're contacting and be like who <laughs> like you know it's our, uh, <laughs> all the time all the time even even kids where they're only a few hours away from us but, oh, really? but i think most are most lacrosse players are somewhat familiar with that of knowing hey there's going to be schools that i had no idea even existed before you know, you started the recruiting process. Right. Yeah. I guess you would get that for, for a lot of kids, even at, you know, D2, D3 level. Um, you know, you don't, you don't know until someone contacts you and you're like, Oh, well, let, even, me, let me look. Even D1 schools, you know, like if you're not firmly entrenched in the lacrosse world, who knows about high point, who knows about Furman, who knows about right. Mercer, who knows about, you know, unless you're firmly in that world, you don't really know about those schools. Yeah, or even like Detroit Mercy, NJIT, stuff like that. You know, yeah, there's there's programs yeah. that aren't aren't the aren't the household names. You know, like University of Maryland, Ohio State. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so you know, it, the, the, I guess just kind of goes on, uh, kind of ties into the first question because you know the the number one question that I've probably gotten asked over the last decade or so that I've been covering uh, high school lacrosse um, is always. How do you even get noticed? Like, how do you, like, as a student athlete, like, when you're out there playing, like, how do you get noticed by a college coach? So, you know, kind of walk us through the process. Like, what um, what stands out to you to potential student athletes when, when you're out on the recruiting trail? I think by any means necessary, right? There's not There's not one right way to go about recruiting. The best way to go about it is to understand your goals, mm-hmm. right? So to define what your goals are within recruiting, is it D1? Is it D2? Is it to get the best absolute scholarship to help fund your education? What are your goals? Define those, then really look at yourself individually and understand what your fit is, what makes you attractive to schools, and then to market that effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. There's two student athletes that really come to mind of that, you know, that I recruited, you know, over the last couple of years that really, really did it effectively 
and it was all about them understanding their strengths and then leveraging those to find a great situation and great scholarship money. Um, you know, and one of them, you know, that was all athletic money. He under he understood, Hey, he painted himself in somewhat of a corner with his grades. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, he could use his athletic ability to help finance his education. And that's, that's a great, you know, that's a great attribute, you know, of understanding that situation and doing, making the best out of it. The other understood, Hey, my grades are my, probably one of my greatest attributes. I'm a really good player as well. I can package those things together and you know pay for almost all of my tuition and education through that yeah um and those two really understood their situation understood their goals and then were able to leverage them for good situations for themselves yeah um you you kind of mentioned the i guess uh i always kind of refer to it as self-awareness whenever coaches tell me like you know kid kind of trying to find his fit like how um you know, obviously, you, I, I'm I'm older, so I, like I have the the uh, beauty of age and wisdom behind me to kind of realize, like you know, I didn't really know as much as I thought I did at that age. But when you're 17, 18, like self awareness can be, uh, can be a tough thing to come by. Like, what what do you? How would you recommend a, a player kind of figure out like to find what their fit is? Be open to options, explore them, and then drill down from there. I get so many guys where I'm looking at them and I say, hey, this kid's a really good fit in a lot of ways to come here. Uh, he's engineering student, you know, fits within the geographic footprint that we recruit. And then you reach out to him and, you know, nothing back or whatever it may yeah. be. You know, and it, hey, maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't a good fit. But there's a lot of those where I feel like, hey, if they were open to the options and if they actually explored it, you know, rather than never responding or, you know, just shooting back a text and I'm looking at, you know, other places, mm-hmm. they could find great opportunities. You know, some of those kids I know, like I could fund a lot of their, a lot of their education um, and you don't even get a response back. So I think that's the biggest thing is being open to the options and then drilling down and narrowing it down. You don't want to be too open, you know, to the end of the, through, once you get later in the process, but in the very beginning, be open and then, you know, go do visits, look at, you know, look at the websites, look at what, you know, just look at a variety of things and then you'll realize what's important to you. And then, you you know, that self-awareness should come along, I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, just I guess from my history of talking to coaches, you know, a lot of what I hear coaches recommend is like whenever you're going to like a lot of these recruiting showcases and things like that, that you're I mean, they're because they're trying to get noticed there. Um, I think your point of being open really kind of, you know, almost maybe not start there, but whenever you start like, you know, you get the kids that are like, you know, I want to play D1, I want to go D1, I want to go D1. They're so focused on that. And then when they start getting contacted by, you know, NAIA, D2, D3 schools, like it's, um, you know, you kind of start to realize like maybe that's where your fit is by the people that are kind of reaching out to you. Like you, you, you kind of like, you know, it self selects almost in a way it's like, you know, if you're getting contacted by a bunch of D three coaches, that may be your fit. Um, but then again, yep. to your point, like it requires you being open to that situation and not just, you know, Oh, you know, shooing them away just because they're not where you thought you wanted to play. Yeah. And I, and I think that does happen more and more now is when these kids are going to these showcases, it'll happen of they'll, they'll end up being self-aligned. Um, and I was, I was a product of <laughs> being stubborn and saying, no, I, I want to go D1. So I went to a big school and, 
an attempt to walk on and then realized, ah, uh, no, I, I, I am a better fit at a D3 small liberal arts school yeah. and then made that transition and it was great. Um, and so that's, everybody's got to take a different path and they'll work it out. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of talked and it, it seems that this next question seems like you already answered it, but you know, I know a lot of kids that are asked, like I get a lot of kids from the non-traditional areas. Um, I get a lot of kids out of the Midwest and the West that ask, you know, you know, how do they kind of get the attention uh, of a college coach? Because, I mean, everybody knows that a lot of the recruiting happens in on the East Coast, you know, outside the Baltimore area for the summer. And, you know, it's hard for a lot of the kids in the Midwest to get to a lot of those events versus, you know, the kids out of Baltimore and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you're you're a coach in the Midwest, so it seems like you might have pretty good insight. Like, is there the getting noticed differ for any players that are, you know, not East Coast-based, kids that are in the Midwest, Southeast, or West? I think ultimately it just depends on what your goal is. You know, getting to a Division One, definitely that's probably going to be a greater impact. Uh, you know, that you'll probably have to be a little bit more aggressive in making sure that you're going to the premier showcases and really getting yourself in front of them. You know, if you're from a non-traditional lacrosse, you know, location, you're going to have to be probably more aggressive. Um, you know, but if you look at a lot of these programs, the rosters are, have kids from everywhere now. Uh, so I think the old adage of, you know, it's only East Coast, it's starting to slowly dissipate. But I, my, my probably my best advice would be for kids to look at the rosters and see where kids are coming from. Some coaches are still going to heavily recruit to one area, um, whether that be where their connections are from, what, if they have a bias, does that whatever it may be. And then kind of use that as a gauge of knowing, hey, is this going to be a place where it's going to be hard for me to get recruited to or not? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always use the old adage within my recruiting myself is how many schools does a kid have to drive by to get to us or fly by? You know, so we recruit the West Coast pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've got eight kids from Oregon, you know, handful from California, Utah, Idaho, Nevada, a couple from Colorado, Washington. You know, so those might be further away than New York for us, mm -hmm. but there's only a handful of varsity programs between us and them. Uh, so it usually ends up being a pretty good fit. Whereas for me, we're trying to recruit out of New York, Maryland, the South, you know, is, is pretty hard because there's literally hundreds of schools between us and them yeah. you know, that can, can be pretty comparable. And, you know, so the one thing I have noticed that, kids in the midwest can use to their advantage is there's a lot of kids in the midwest that get a lot more offers than kids out west that are and they're similar uh you know types of players mm -hmm. you know and that has a lot to do with proximity to schools there's a lot of small colleges in the midwest and out east so those schools are closer they're you know end up recruiting those guys a lot more um and so that would be one thing i would say to those those kids is use that to your advantage West Coast kids, you might have to be a little bit more aggressive or kind of direct your your recruiting process a little bit more, and and just kind of understand that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to touch on something you, you kind of finished up with there, as far as like the the kids' role in the recruiting process, because you know I one of the things I gathered, you know, when we we talked out when we were at the ID Lacrosse Showcase, you know, a lot of the coaches talked about, you know, the. Um, I, I don't, not sure how I really want to put it, but you know, basically the kids, uh, 
I guess, interest in expressing that interest and how they express that interest in the program and getting on the coach's radar by being the first to reach out. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Like kids, like what their role and what they should be doing if they're interested in a William Penn or, you know, any school for that matter. You know, expressing interest, I think it all comes down to just making sure that it's sincere interest, right? You know, and that it's, um, and that's, you know, both ways. Sometimes, you know, when, when kids will see that, it, you know, an email from a school where it seems generic, mm-hmm. you know, they might just hit the delete. And the same, you know, the same when myself gets one from a kid and, you know, I see that he forgot to, you know, have it be a blind CC rather than a CC. And I see all the other coaches. It's like, okay. <laughs> uh, so being sincere and, and just showing of some of that particular interest, like, hey, I'm really excited really interested in William Penn because I love that you guys have an elite strength, strength and conditioning program and you have engineering in a small, in a small university that shows me, Hey, you've done your homework. You know exactly why you're interested in here. You'd be a good fit and you'd thrive here. And then that can move the process along a little bit more. Um, so that would be the biggest thing is showing that interest. Uh, some things that I've seen that have kind of been cool, you know, over the last years that I really enjoyed was, um, within your highlight video, one kid had actually put an intro, you know, of him actually speaking in front of the, in front of the camera mm-hmm. and kind of showed a little bit more dedication and thought process to, uh, to actually doing the video and was able to tell a little bit about himself. And for me, that was a kid I reached out to immediately because like, Hey, he's put some time into this Yeah, and it shows you know, there's some, a level of dedication there. Yeah, obviously, and nowadays everybody's got the ability to make a video in their pocket, literally. <laughs> yep, yep. It probably didn't take him more than five minutes. Yeah, um, but obviously it's one of those things. Like, I mean, that that even kind of goes back to the first question: getting noticed. Like, it's the little things. Like, what are you what are you doing differently, um, or what are you willing to do that other kids may not? Like, are you blind seeing a bunch of coaches, or are you tailoring that email to you and to William Penn and Megan Alvin, all those, all these little things kind of are roll into the, the very first question is like, how do you get noticed? Like these are the things that can get you noticed above someone else. And I'm sure someone who's expressing specific interest in William Penn and strength and conditioning program and engineering, like would something like that kind of, you know, put them a notch or two above um, another potential recruit. Oh, absolutely. Cause I would know that there's specific interest there. And higher likelihood that I'm going to be able to get them, mm-hmm. and then higher likelihood that, that we're going to keep them. Right when when I know, hey, they're looking at things that they're attracts them to William Penn, and that's going to keep them there. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know sometimes you have a kid where you're just looking anywhere and everywhere. You know, then you reach out and you really see, hey, he's, there's really no interest in William Penn specifically. It's just he's reaching out to everybody and anybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes sometimes it ends up being a good fit. Sometimes it ends up being a waste of time. And so that's where as coaches, you know, we do have limited time. So you have to weigh that and see, OK, we're going to reach out to pretty much everyone who we can that inquires. And then we're going to drill down from there as far as if we see that there's a plan if the playing level meets our expectations and then if the interest meets our expectations right. okay um so you know what's uh, we, we've talked a lot about the the athletic stuff and stuff like that but you know what's some non-athletic factors that feature heavily into the recruiting process 
academics is always number one, right? Right. Um, grades, test scores are always going to open up more avenues for you, whether it be the schools that are actually even going to talk to you or whether it's the scholarships that are going to be available to you. Um, and even to the point of being eligible to play, mm-hmm. right? So academics is always the biggest thing. The better academic situation you have, the more that's going to open up your opportunities. Uh, the ability to pay is always a, you know, a big part, and so that can factor into the academic and your athletic ability, and that can always be a, a consideration as well. And then lastly, you know, it, it's character of understanding, hey, as a coach, you know, we do take some responsibility for what these guys are doing off the field when they're in our program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if, if I see that this is a kid where he's got an Eagle Scout, he's got some community service, um, you know, has a high recommendation from his high school or club coaches, you know, being a great guy to being a great locker room guy, that automatically moves the meter and moves us along in the process. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, I've had a couple kids ask, like, uh, you know, because I, I know, like, most people focus on, like, the D1 stuff. And I know you guys are starting a new program, so you get really from that perspective. But you have a history of coaching other places as well. But, you know, kids kind of has me a few times, like, what's the deal with kind of walking on? Like, is, is walking on at a program a, a thing? Is that something that a player could do? Um, is it, like, and what would they – well, first, like, is that something they could do? Yeah, yeah, I've, I'm not an expert in that regard, you know, so I can't speak to too much on it. Okay. You know, but I've, I've heard of plenty of situations where you have, you know, a guy walking on, you know, I've heard of a few recently, you know, of guys who were actually MCLA players, you know, so they played club and then they went to grad school somewhere else mm-hmm. and they walked onto those varsity programs. You know, I, one was at North Carolina a few years ago and I can't remember where the other one was. So there's always, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, like there, that's absolutely 100% true. The, my caution to that would be, is that if you're going to walk on someplace, it's gotta be, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's your dream school. You're going there regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've always been, a Michigan fan or an Ohio state fan, you know, you're going there regardless and you're just going to do whatever you can to get on the team. You know, that's great. You know, that's fine. Um, but usually I would counsel, you know, players to go where you're wanted and where they're showing that they're going to be invested in you. Um, that's my big, you know, one of my big pitch star players. Hey, if you're coming here, we're going to be extremely invested in you, um, both financially, you know, and in time commitment. And that would be my big thing for a lot of guys is go where, you know, they're invested in you and they're invested in your success. Yeah. And I'd have to imagine, like you kind of hit, hit it on the, hit the nail on the head there when you're talking about, like if you're, if you're walking on a program, like you're, you need to be choosing that college for the everything other than the lacrosse program. Cause you're not going to guarantee yourself a spot. So if that's something you're interested in, you better be more interested in the school than really almost the lacrosse program at that point, because there's no guarantee. Um, you're ever gonna hold. You're never gonna, you know, get on the team, um, and you got to be happy there, for every, with everything else as well. Absolutely. You no. Know, um, so you know, kind of cut, wrapping up some of the stuff is like, what's the? You know, I know there's more than one thing. Like there's, there's unfortunately, I think, I think uh, some some questions that I get, I think kids think there's like a, a magic bullet 
that, you know, this, there's one thing that they can do that will get them, you know, noticed and help them pay through college and get on the team and all that stuff. And I think we, through our conversation, realized, like, there's not one single thing that a player can do. It's really that culmination, the sum of the parts um, is, is, is what makes it happen. But, you know, what's, what's one or two things that a recruit can do uh, to make themselves the most recruitable player possible? You know, so kind of circling back to like we said of really understanding what your goals are and who you are and then effectively communicating that to the coaches. So I'd say effective communication would be one thing that will skyrocket you to the top of the list a lot of times. And um, the second thing is it's really, you know, focusing on the academics and making sure that that's solid so that you don't limit yourself as far as options go. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be, you know, the biggest things. And obviously, like we've said, talked about, sometimes you paint yourself in a corner. You didn't, you know, you got behind the eight ball as far as academics go. And so that's where you just have to understand who you are where, or your situation. Look at your situation, go find the right fit and leverage that to get the best situation you can. Um, you know, I've, there's, there's always a way to, to, to find a great situation and an opportunity for yourself. Um, and so I guess lastly, my last part would be, you know, when, the, when a great opportunity comes along, take it and run with it. You know, don't ask, you know, well, why this situation? There's a great opportunity, take it and run with it, and it should open up doors for you. Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, what do you mean by that? You know, probably kind of the, you know, some of these kids will D1 or bust type thing. Hey, if a great D2, you know, if a great NAIA, D2, D3 school comes along with a with a great opportunity as far as scholarship or being a part of building something special as a program, jump on that and run with it. You know, from my experience, when you get into situations where you have people invested in your success and it's a situation where you can thrive both on the field and in the classroom, it's going to lead to more and more success later on throughout life. Uh, you know, rather than just saying, Hey, I've, it's gotta be this school or the other. There's a million great schools out there and great lacrosse programs out there. So if you find one where, Hey, they're invested in me and I can really grow in this situation, it's going to lead to good things for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I always like to finish up my interviews with basically just asking is like, is there anything that we, we did not cover yet um, that you think is important for, for players or parents? Cause I know there's a lot of parents that listen to the podcast as well um, to kind of be aware of or, or know, or maybe a common question that you get that we haven't discussed. My biggest thing would be is that there's just no one right way to go about recruiting, you know, uh, you know, we live in an a day where we've got recruiting sites, which are a great resource. You know, we've got the uh, the recruiting tournaments that we do. You have actually reaching out. You got prospect days. All of them can be used. Look at each individual one for your case and see what's the best, you know, for you individually. And really, everybody can find a great great fit for themselves as long as they just do the homework. Yeah. Okay. All right, Coach. Um, and and uh, as far as, like, if people want to learn more about you, the program, William Penn, like, where can they start uh, kind of doing some of that research and how can they find uh, more about the lacrosse program? Yeah, so you obviously can go to, you know, wmpenn.edu for our 
to the school's website and see all of the academic offerings that we have and go to our athletic website. You can check out our Twitter. Um, I'm not a huge social media person, but in this day and age with recruiting, you got to be have mm-hmm. a good social media presence. So we try to put out as much as we can about the program, and it's, we've got that there. Um, and that's that's most of it. We've got some good YouTube videos that we've done from some interviews. Um, so there's quite a bit of stuff up there now. Okay, and I'll make sure I, I link to all that um, in the show notes. So if you guys want to check more out about uh, William Penn, um, then you'll be able to you'll be able to do that by, by clicking there and uh, on laxrecords.com. I also have all, all the links there as well. So, uh, Coach, I know you know you're busy. I'm sure uh, you guys have had a busy few months <laughs> since uh, June and July with all the recruiting stuff to go in. And I know the recruiting never you know really ends. It's just kind of the trips. Um, get to slow down a little bit for you guys. So I'm sure there's hopefully there's some some rest in your your future here soon. <laughs> yep, taking taking my first day off since taking the job here in a few days. Finishing up some home visits out west, and then a few days off before getting all the guys on campus and really hitting it. Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be that's got to be really exciting to kind of build something from from scratch and heading into that first year and really getting to put the stamp on the program. I mean, it's you get to you get to decide what that program is going to look like um, for the foreseeable future. It's got to be, it's got to be very exciting. No, I, it's been a complete blast. And kind of what I say is I don't know if I can ever go back to inheriting somebody else's problems. <laughs> yeah, that's uh there's not, there's not many times you get to be the first, the first coach in, in any program's history. So it's a very, very unique opportunity. It's got to, like I said, it's got to be, got to be thrilling. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Coach, I cannot thank you enough once again. Everybody, please check out uh, William Penn. I'll have links to everything um, in, in the show notes and on laxrecords.com. Coach, thank you so much, and you have a good evening. Thank you. You too.